Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning, brothers and sisters, to those who have heard the message of our Savior and to those who have not yet. What a greeting. Has everyone ever addressed you like that before? Eh, maybe not. But I can open like that because you and I have met each other in some way or another, and we have, a, we have some commonality. But if I don't, didn't know most, if not all of you, how could I stand up here and bring a message that could save you? That's the question. How can we break the ice so we can bring those we don't know on a personal level to want to listen to us about Jesus? We have to meet them first, learn their names, gain a bit of trust. Like Pastor James said previously, earn the ask. If you were invited here for the first time or began going to church for a long time, something stirred you, something stirred in you. What is one of the most memorable sermons or speeches you've ever heard? It's not going to be this one. (laughs) What made that particular sermon or speech memorable? Great speeches or sermons usually include a challenge. A challenge that calls people to action. It may be that God uses a sermon to call you to action for Him. One that spoke to my heart, Isaiah 40, was the text, and verse 31 was the focus. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like on, wiggle, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk, not faint. Today, we're going to continue our study of Acts, chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 26. As you turn there, let me pray for us. Father, Lord, thank you again for joining us together here today. Thank you for the opportunity to bring your message One that was preached so many, many years ago, Lord, but thank you so much for what you bring to us today. Thank you for your love. We honor you by what we do here today, and that's serve you. Serve you by loving one another, being here with one another, and for those who are in need, Lord, that we supply that need. Thank you, Lord, for, again, what's coming and what you have for us in store for us. And, again, we thank you for your love. In all this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first half, first half of Acts, that's a mouthful, records the spread of the gospel from Jerusalem to the Gentiles at Antioch of Syria. After spending about, what, a year there, the Holy Spirit told them to commission Paul and Barnabas uh, to take the gospel message further west. The remainder of the book of Acts records the spread of the gospel, well, at least to Rome. Paul and Barnabas set out on their missionary journey going to 
Seleucia, sailed to Cyprus and went to the towns of Salamis and Paphos. As was their custom, Paul and Barnabas went to worship at the synagogue on the Sabbath, and Paul was asked to speak. Paul stood or started with the Israelites in Egypt and brought them to Jesus' crucifixion. But having knowledge of the Bible is important when you're trying to share. Wouldn't you agree? So when we study the Bible, God says it's okay to ask questions. Because how are we to share if we don't know? We'll start with verse 26. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God. To you, the word of salvation has been sent for those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled in, in them in condemning him. 28. And, they, and though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the, from the tree and laid him in the tomb. Someone once said that one cannot be saved until he has experienced the terror of being lost. God did not have to provide a savior, but in his infinite love and wisdom, and mercy, he chose to be that Savior for us. So who are the two groups that Paul addresses? The Jews, as would be expected, but there were also Gentiles who worshipped Yahweh, God-fearers. What was Paul's message about? To whom did Paul refer in verse 27? Paul was addressing a group who had never heard the gospel, and certainly not the name of Jesus. He started with what they already knew, and explained that Jesus was the fulfillment of the scriptures that they studied weekly. What specific Bible prophecies did Jesus fulfill in his coming and crucifixion on the cross? Born of a virgin, rejected by his own, was to die on a tree, counted among the condemned. What do actions of the people of Jerusalem teach us about humanity and our need for a savior? How does the message of the gospel speak to the needs of modern man today? We seem to think that we are too sophisticated to need a savior too technologically advanced, enlightened even. However, man is, a, is sinful and in great need of a Savior. The message of the gospel tells us of how to receive salvation. But, we, but often, too often, we lack the humility to admit our need. How do people reject Jesus today, despite knowing that he died for them. The story of Jesus 
never ends at the cross. And Paul's sermon didn't stop there either. He is completely other than we are. Scriptures say his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. There's cause for death in us, but there was none in him. He is holy. Verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. Who are his witnesses to be the people? We declare to you glad tidings. That promise which, has, which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. And it, as it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have, I have begotten you. 34. And that he has raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus. I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he says, he also, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. For David, after he, he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he who God raised up saw no corruption. So being a witness lends to a larger credibility. People tend to believe you when you've actually been there. So how important would you say are eyewitness accounts of everything that seems impossible? The Holy Spirit draws people to believe, but our testimony gives the Holy Spirit a starting point to help people believe. Remember, witnessing means one who saw or observed an event. 1 Corinthians 15, starting with verse 1. Moreover, brothers, brethren, sorry, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received in which you stand, by which also you, have, you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain, for I delivered for, for, to you the first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to, to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he had been seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greatest part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by the, all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. I consider a few passages underscore the significance of the resurrection like 1 Corinthians 15. Without the resurrection, we would have no hope, only wishful thinking. Isaiah 55.3 Incline your ear and come to me, Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. So here, Paul quotes Isaiah 53, or 55.3, the sure mercies of David, in 
this term used to describe God's everlasting covenant with us. Praise God that we are recipients of his mercy and not his judgment. Psalm 16.10, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So why did Paul use these references to add weight to his point? See, these were people familiar with the scriptures. And by pointing out how Jesus fulfilled these passages, it helped them to believe too. So how does the eyewitness accounts of the scripture work together to give us confidence in the resurrection today? Because we actually, when we actually go through difficulties or trials, how we're able to show our faith through it and afterward is how others can be convinced or encouraged themselves. How does what Jesus has done for us motivate us to witness to others? What are, we, what are some ways we can embrace our responsibility as witnesses to speak about how Jesus has changed our lives? Just explaining the death and resurrection of Jesus falls short. Short of the communication of the gospel message. Paul's message didn't end there either. Verse 38. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through, me, through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. When we have their attention, it's time to proclaim and explain. What does the word therefore in verse 38 indicate? The real point of the message is about to be made. I find guilt is a powerful thing. But with forgiveness comes release. God is the great forgiver. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us, toward us, and while we were still, still sinners, Christ died for us. Huh. The thought of being justified against right, the righteousness of God kind of boggles the mind. Yet that's exactly what takes place for those who are in Christ. What would you say to a person who claims there are multiple ways to God and his heaven? The gospel of Jesus Christ is distinctive in that it doesn't depend on me or my goals or my good deeds. Forgiveness of sin is available only through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Only a faith-based relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, will put us in the right standing with God and allow us to enter our heaven. So we find that the law condemns, but the gospel saves. How does the news of the gospel exceed the law of Moses? The law is limited because it cannot justify us. The law can only show us what we have done wrong. The gospel of Jesus Christ provides justification from sin, which is something the law could never do. If we remember what the law says, we better obey. 
But like it's been said before, we can't obey one, at least ten. So why, does God, why doesn't God punish us now? Jesus. That's why. He gave us a final opportunity. His offer doesn't expire until we do. The word awesome, I think, this word is used way too many times. Too many things aren't truly awesome. Oh, dude, that's totally awesome. You ever heard that? (laughs) This verse declares to those who despise God that they wouldn't believe what God had done for them, even if it were declared to them. Sadly, we don't recognize God for who he really is. The very mention of him should surprise and, and, and inspire awe and fear. He is truly awesome. So when we begin to focus on what we have done or get our priorities out of line, let's remember who he is. And I'm sure everything will come back into proper perspective. Verse 40. Beware therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, your despisers marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. We must remember the warnings in the Bible to help the witness. Paul ends his message with a note of warning. It's taken from Habakkuk 1, verse 5, and again in Isaiah 29, 14. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days, which you, have, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. You ever believe somebody some, that told you something that is impossible to believe just by their merit? You usually want proof. So in Habakkuk's day, the unbelievable work God was doing was the raising up of the Chaldeans to chasten his people. A work so remarkable that nobody would believe it. After all, why would God use an evil uh, pagan nation to punish his own chosen people? Sinful as they might be. God was using Gentiles to punish Jews. But the wonderful work in Paul's day was that God was using Jews to save Gentiles. Few of us will ever have the opportunity to share the gospel from a church platform. Unless you really want to. Come on up. (laughs) Or, of course, in public meeting places. However, each of us may create opportunities to share with friends, family, family members, acquaintances, people at work. The reason Paul got straight to the point and urgently shared the gospel of Christ, his death and resurrection, was to help others discover how to have eternal life. Have you received Jesus? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Somebody who saved you. If you have, and you are, are you sharing that message today? Are you sharing that message with others? Wouldn't you want to help save your brothers and sisters if you had the chance? 
Before we were shown a great road map for our church to follow. Here, Paul gives us a great outline in, to use in sharing the gospel. Number one, the law reveals our sinfulness by showing us precisely what we've done wrong. Number two, God sent his son to provide salvation. He sent his son to provide salvation for anyone who believes in him. Number three, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus fulfill Old Testament prophecy. Therefore, our faith in the person and work of Jesus is grounded in actual historical events that confirmed the truth of the scripture. Number four, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we serve a living Lord who wants us to proclaim the good news of salvation so others may believe. So what was the result? Many Jews and Gentiles, they call them proselytes, believed and associated with Paul and Barnabas. The Gentiles were so excited about Paul's message and wanted him to tell them more about him. We'll see that later. So that's really the question is, we've learned the scriptures through reading our Bible. We've gone through trials and tribulations ourselves, but in faith, he brought us through. All that put together, we have an opportunity to tell just one person. Another person, the next person is going to tell somebody else, did you hear what they just did? What they just went through? What the heck are they talking about? <laughs> That's what they're going to say to you, is what are you talking about? Because they truly haven't been given the understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. They'll see that in our actions. They'll see that in our everyday lives if we show Jesus each and every day. But we still have to continue in the word. We still have to give that word a chance to affect us. It will then affect them. They're not just stories in the Bible. They're actual truths. The things that happened, people were there, they saw, they observed, they witnessed, and they told us about it. That's a great thing. So that's our challenge today, is not only get in the word, but share it. Share it like it was the best thing since sliced bread. You remember that? <laughs> Man, we wouldn't have great sandwiches if we didn't have that. Share it as if it means something to you. Because we know it does. You wouldn't be here today if it didn't. Just share it. Nike wish they had that one. <laughs> so let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your Son for us. We pray for the opportunities to share the gospel and the boldness to share. We ask you, Lord, to bring people who need to hear your message so that we may share by our witness. 
Lord, again, thank you for today and thank you for each and every day that you give us that we can share who you are in our everyday lives. Lord, we ask that you be with us as we continue our day and each and every day. And we thank you always in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.